listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Last night in our poll, you guys talked about voting. And there's a number of issues. There's a number of questions that I have. And I thought, bang, this is the guy to answer my question. So Jamal Bailey, state senator, will join us tonight inside this edition of ESPN New York Tonight. He'll do that at 1030. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to be honest with you. This was a rough day for me. This was the first day since the death of Mr. Floyd that I needed to take a time out. This is the first day since the death of Mr. Floyd and all that has surrounded it from protests to looting to conversation to tweeting to messages from athletes to why didn't athletes message to support to non-support. I needed to take a timeout. I was emotionally, physically, mentally out, out of it. I was, had flashbacks of when I was pulled over by the police And the fear that I had, I had just watching this morning the different conversation, the different issues. And I, and while I was getting away from it, from the various reporters on site, from the analysts, from what's going on, from how, how do we spin it, from, well, yeah, the looting and how that takes away from the from the initial message and all that stuff. While I'm taking away, while I was taking a moment away from that, the question hit me, and it's very simple, and it's one that we all are asking: How long is this going to take? How much effort is this going to take? How much energy? Focus, determination, is this going to take? How can, I'm talking to myself, right? How can you get worn down so early in this battle, right? This is a long-term thing. This is a continuation of a battle. This is not a new battle, ladies and gentlemen. This is nothing that started, unfortunately, with the death of Mr. Floyd. It's highlighted by his death it is the perfect alignment it's no sports to talk about every day it's people being inside and focused on their smartphones on their computers on their TVs because of the COVID-19 virus it's hearing what's going on with looters who are taking away the message. At least people are trying to move the message away. And so, but this is not new. It's the perfect alignment because everybody now can watch it. Everybody can talk about it. There's nothing else for you to get away from. Sports is not here to be that deterrent. Sports is not here to give you that timeout. Sports is not here where you can say, man, I wish I could see a Met game right now. Ooh, 
Boy, I sure wish I could see the Knicks. I know they're 25 and 45, but I need a basketball game to watch right now. I'll take the Knicks. We don't have that. So because of this situation, we are forced to look at this squarely in the eye. And we got to deal with it. So it doesn't take away from the numerous names. And you've heard a few of them. And it goes back even further. You've heard the names. You you know the people. You've seen it. We've mentioned it. All the folks that unfortunately Mr. Floyd is the latest in a long line of people who have had issues, who have had their humanity, their dignity taken from them, and many of them their lives. So how do we go forward? Are you feeling that way? Talk to me. 1-800-919-3776. I just, I needed a moment to regroup. I needed a moment so I could just breathe. I needed to get away from it for a second. But guess what? It's You can't get away from it. Okay? You can't move away from it. It's there. It's It's something that you go out with. It's something that follows you around. It's something that is in the back of your mind. It's something that you sit down and you try to figure out. How do I explain this to my grandkids? How my son and I have had these conversations before. Okay. But now how, how are my grandkids going to deal with this? How do I explain this so that they understand What's coming in this world? All right. That people may not like you just because of how you look. And guess what? African-Americans are not the only ones having that conversation. There are a number of people having that same conversation. Because of what we're seeing right now, it is as emotionally draining, emotionally frustrating a situation that I can remember in recent memory. I, I I just can't think of one like this. And like I said, it's not because this is the first time this has happened. That's not what it is. It's, it was so in your face. It was, it, 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 it was murder live. This wasn't, a reality show. This wasn't a TV movie. This wasn't, this wasn't rumor. You watched it in real time. A person handcuffed behind their back. Four people kneeling on them, one on their neck. It's a hard image to get out of your mind, ladies and gentlemen. It's hard. And yes, I know we have to move forward. Yes, I know we have to have solutions. Yes, I know we have to have the conversation about what's the next move and where do we go and how do we improve ourselves economically and, and, and how do we get better health care and all this stuff that has come up. And this is not, and, and this is only one part of it. Because we look at the numbers. Look, we're ESPN. We're stats, right? What do we do? We talk numbers. 
<laughs> That's what we do. When we rate people and who's this, who's top, who's on the Mount Rushmore, who's number one, who's number five, who's number 10, who's number 25, who's 100. We, it's stats. It's stats. That's what brings it to us. Okay, let's talk stats. You look at the COVID-19 pandemic, black and brown communities, staggering stats, staggering. So you've got that situation. You have this situation. I'm just saying, do I condemn the looting? Yes, I don't like it. Understand it. Don't like it. But and when I say understand it, I understand it from the standpoint of the emotions got to come out. When you have that frustration of people not listening and, and no options, I want a job. I can't get a job. I want to do that. My health care is failing. I, I, I need, I, I got to release. Not an excuse, but I understand. And so all these emotions bottled up. And here's one thing we know from sports. Everybody doesn't handle pressure the same way. How Michael Jordan handled pressure is not the same way that, you know, let's, let's just pick a name. Clyde Drexler handled pressure. It's not the same way that Patrick Ewing handled pressure. It's not the same way that Charles Smith handled pressure. Okay, everybody handles pressure differently. Some people allow pressure to handle them. Other people are experienced. They know how to deal with it. They prepare for it. They have scenarios. They 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 see themselves in these scenarios before they even happen. I just, I just today was one of those days, folks. I just needed to take a break and found out, guess what? I'm still there. Couldn't get away from it because it's still around you. Are there positives? Absolutely. Do you see police walking with Protesters, great. They understand. They get it. That's a start. You see police embracing a young African-American man because of the emotion of what happened. That's great. That's a start. That's a beginning. That's empathy. Okay? That's understanding. Like, hey, from human to human, forget where, forget you as a protester and me as a law enforcement officer, as human beings, I sympathize. I understand. I get it. You, you approach me that way. I'm open. I got it. Those are the things that you are encouraged by. Those are the things that you are happy with. Those are the things that says, you know what? We got a chance. We got a chance to turn this around. Yeah, there's going to be obstacles. Absolutely. Yeah, there's going to be situations that you just just drive you to want to make you pull your hair out. But you know what? <laughs> That's life. And either you deal with it or you get defeated by it. And ladies and gentlemen, in this situation, what we're going through, defeat is getting old and tired. It's time to turn these things around. It's time to put the work in. It's time to suck it up, get your second win, and get out there and do what needs to be done. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Buddha is in the Bronx. Buddha's batting leadoff tonight. Hey, Buddha, you're up first on ESPN New York Tonight. 
Hey, what's up, Uncle Larry? Let me see if I can get a hit and get on base. Um, first things first, man. You know, I got to keep it a stack. I got to, you know, my, my my brother Marvin, he said it, you know, yesterday. I'm not going to really sugarcoat nothing. You know, um, Dabble Sweeney is an absolute fraud. You know, the Colin Kaepernick comments for 2016, talking about how people don't like it, they should just leave. I really don't want to hear your comments right now. All you're worried about is using these black bucks to get you to that national championship game. You ain't about nothing. That's number one. Um, number two, with these are uh, protests, you know, personally, I, I would dolly pardon it. I would fall back. I would do a nine to five. At nine, we meet here. At five, we meet. We, you know, we disperse from here. Mm-hmm. That way, there's no problem with the curfew. Yep. And then you could clearly identify who these knuckleheads are out here. You know, doing what, doing for whatever reason they're doing it for. Because it ain't no just one group. It ain't all just people coming from somewhere else. No. There's people here that that just like is just absolute idiots and don't mm-hmm. know the magnitude of what they're doing. You know what I mean? Um, that being said, man, like with the sentiments, man, with the police, you know, and and the bad apples. You know, it's not about apples. It's about a culture, and that's going to be something that's going to be a long-term rebuild. So anybody who's looking for instant results with that, you're going to get disappointed. So don't even play yourself. Um, the love and the empathy, you know, and the, and the unity in speech, you know, is wonderful. You know, nobody sees color, all that other stuff, you know, and, and everybody's together. But like, you know, Damian Woody, I think Mark said yesterday, you know, uh, you worry about what's going to happen in a couple of weeks when this stuff all thins out. You know, you know, and, um, baby boy, Ving Rhames, he, he spoke about guns and butter. You know what I mean? And, and um, a lot of times, like the speech and, and, you know, like I said, the empathy and things like that, not saying it's not appreciated, but, you know, that could grow in the wind. You know, the emotions is like butter. You know, what would really, if something that would be, would be able to come out of this, that people would hear and people would say, you know what, let's work towards that. For me, it would be housing and education. You know, um, figure out some way that, that we can change these housing restrictions, especially the prices, number one. And I'm talking about home ownership. I'm not talking about apartment life because, like, as people of color, we mastered that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm talking yeah. about home ownership. Get these prices down. The red line. credit requirements a little bit more realistic. And, you know, maybe that mother who's only making about 40-something and she's holding it down with a couple of kids or the family – you know, for mom and dad, you know, only making about 80,000 a year that they could get a home, man, you know, and, um, you know, to, to you know, to, 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 to fulfill their dusty roads, you know what I mean? To get yep. their American dream. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I and do. Then with the edu- and with the education, um, you know, it's something that I think people have spoken about a lot, you know, um, but it seems like it always gets pushed to the back burner, you know, is the trades in the schools. You know, many of our young people are kinesthetic learners. You understand what I'm talking about? Like mm-hmm. lecturing yes. to them, yes. giving them that written works. exams. That's not going to work for them. You know, I worked in the schools for like six years. You know what I mean? Like as a youth counselor. And, and, and you know, there's, there's some brilliance in people that a lot of times that they're not able to, to express or to give to the world because, like, the restraints are something that they can't understand. And we need to understand that it's not just their fault as young people. You know, look at everything now is a push-button society. Everything that yep. you need is on your phone. You can't it's visual. expect everything is visual. To learn. Come on, you can't expect them to learn. It's hands on too, lad. They mm-hmm. can't. You know, we can't expect them to learn like the way we learned or the way things were in the past. But I mean, not only does learning a trade, you know, you know, this unity in groups, you know, with a mechanics team, you know, what mm-hmm. I'm talking about, or with, yeah. or with the electronics team, you know, there's, there's pride in that, but also. 
it's a defined career path. You see, mm-hmm. this is where young people in our country, a lot of times, where they, they're behind the other young people who come here. You know, a lot of the, the people who come here from other countries, they, their parents had a skill. They had a definite career path for that young person. Yep. Our young people are out here, you know, trying to figure it out on the fly. You know, as parents, a lot of times we're there, but we might be engaged. We're working two jobs. You know, you know, we're going through our whole thing, relationship working, relationship not working. And, you know, they, they need something to hold on to, something to see. You know, and like wifey was saying the other day, she's like, these kids is barking out. You know, we're looking at these young people breaking their stores. Mm-hmm. Like, these kids is barking out. And, you know, and then sometimes, you know, I get pissed off. I'm like, yo, what the heck? You know, because I know what this represents, and yeah. I know how to impact me in the long run. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, but these kids don't feel like this is that worth it. What else are they, what, what, what are they looking forward to? Mm-hmm. That's a powerful thing she said, man. I had to think about that. No huh? question. No question. It's, it's, Buddha, it's back in the day when, and thanks for the phone call, my friend. That was good talking to you. It's, it's my folks saying, listen, go to Alfred D. E. Smith High School, and which was a trade school at that time. Boys only. Yeah, it was a while ago. And, um, you know, learn, pick, and they had choices. You had, you could be, learn how to be auto mechanic, carpenter, plumber, body and fender work, uh, and, and a welder, you know, of those natures. And so that was, hey, you have a skill. You have something that you can use. Okay. Doesn't mean you're not going to college. We still want you to go to college. But if whenever you finish college and if that, line that that ability that doesn't work out in the field that you want to get a job in you have this to fall back on so you can be you can go work on cars and get a job at a at a dealership i know they're they're making what uh, 175 dollars an hour at the dealership i know the mechanics don't make that much but you know at least you're working you have an option you've got something you have an option. It's the ability to be able to have economic independence somewhat. Okay. Is it going to be, is it going to make you financially wealthy? No, nobody's saying that, but at least you have an ability to be independent and at least you have an ability to have money in your pocket and that takes pressure off you. And it also, as you say, Buddha, it gives you, hey, I've got pride. I can do something. I have a job. You have no job. You don't. Have, and because you have no job, you don't have health benefits. So now your health is it's just it's a it's a long cycle that just continues to go on and on and on. And it gives you that sense of I don't know what to do. I'm lost. I don't have any options. I, I got nothing. And then that points you to another direction, which could lead you down a wrong, wrong path because you don't have that other option. And of course, the minimum wage, <laughs> nobody's trying to make minimum wage, right? You hear the minimum wage and people just shake their heads. And guess what? It just went up and it's still too low. <laughs> You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. Sounds like it's time for... Now here is 
The top news stories of the day with Larry Hardesty. We begin with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. He was on SportsCenter last night with Scott Van Pelt, who does an outstanding job. Love him at night. And he asked Kareem, is this the moment where real change begins to take place? I think this is a moment that everybody can point to that an awakening took place. I hope people are now awake to how horrible institutionalized racism is and that it is a problem that that needs to be fixed now somehow and we have to start talking about it now this is urgent this is not something that we can keep putting off if if everybody remembers uh the rodney king incident that was 30 years ago was that a, a routine traffic stop no okay so we that is the issue the way <clears throat> that we are unable to get to a point that uh, these things are reduced, these incidents are reduced, and we figure out a better way for us to police our neighborhoods without unnecessary deaths. Kareem and Scott Van Pelt talking about the role of athletes in protests and riots. Athletes have been a beacon for young people in the black community. And to see athletes like Jalen responding in, in this way is really wonderful. And I'm so happy to see another generation of athletes understand what has to be done and what has to be said. Here's an example that people should should try on. There's been a lot of talk about how horrible the, the rioting and looting is. That is no way to demonstrate. But people should think about the fact that Colin Kaepernick tried to demonstrate peacefully. What did he get? He got ostracized. He lost his job. He was blackballed. That was a peaceful protest about an issue that is uh, very real. No one could acknowledge that. we got to get to the point where we take these people seriously and acknowledge the wrongs that they are trying to identify and right them. That's the way that we make progress. Unfortunately, it has taken another life. But, Kareem, is there hope now that people notice the racial problems in this country? Oh, absolutely. Just the, the fact that people are acknowledging what has been going on for 400 years. Black lives have not been valued. We got to change that. Uh, equal treatment under law will work if certain police institutions have to change their attitude and their culture and, and deal with people in a way that de-escalates tension and the things that, that cause uh, violent incidents. Uh, we have to learn how to de-escalate these situations and uh, enforce the law the way it should be enforced. As you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did a great job writing an op-ed piece for the L.A. Times over the weekend. So Scott Van Pelt asked him, what's his state of mind? I feel like I'm caught between hope and history. The hope is that the United States will live up to its ideals and overcome its history of very poor racial attitudes that end up in violence against black Americans. I hope that we will deal with the better aspects of who we are as Americans. But history is, uh, it's uh, very, makes it very tough to have a positive uh, outcome, it seems. Uh, it, it just, we, we just seem, can't seem to get past a certain point. And that is very troubling. It is. It's it's emotional. It's it's a lot of things going on. Everybody's got a lot of feelings. People are down. People are frustrated. People are lost. People are just in the days. It's it's, it's, it's just a really unsettling time right now in our country. I've known Mike Breen, gosh, it's got to be now 25, maybe about 25 years. I respect his work. He is a tremendous broadcaster, great person. 
Uh, he's the voice of the NBA, ESPN, does a great job, MSG with the Knicks. He was on the Michael K show today, and this is as emotional, this is as open as, as I've never heard Mike, Mike Breen this way. Listen to him. I'm so hopeful because you see some of these, these inspirational videos. That young black teen who was overwhelmed and emotional by the protests that he was around and was scared. And that white police officer put his arms around him and, and comforted him. Or how about the group of black men who, who formed a human wall to shield that police officer who had lost contact with the rest of his fellow officers. He was about to, about to be, be attacked by rioters. These men formed a shield to protect them. I mean, they're over and over again, things like that, to show how, how just great the human spirit is. And we've seen it so much recently, it's just with the, the COVID-19, how the human spirit is at its very best when, when times are the most difficult. So, you know, I'm a lifetime New Yorker. I love New York. And it just, you know, it hurts to see what's been going on. And, and I know we're going to turn it around because there, there's too many good people in the world that will make sure we do turn it around. Mike Breen with some emotional words on the Michael K show Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 here on 98.7 ESPN. Well, let's talk a little baseball. Is the season on again? Is it off again? Is it about money? Well, according to Jeff Passan, who was on SportsCenter, he says maybe it's not only money. It could be number of games. The league doesn't want to do 62-114 games. It's talking even fewer than that. And the big question at this point is going to be whether the players are willing to do something that short. Because remember, if you're playing 50 games instead of the 82 that was proposed initially, if you're playing 50 out of 160, you're looking at all, you know, less than a third of their salary there. Is that something that the players are going to be willing to do? The league believes that in that March agreement, it has the ability to set the schedule. Now, we have to remember, this March agreement has been a bone of contention already. The league has not believed that the players have the right to a full pro rata share from that agreement. That's something that the players have been stuck on. And it's going to be interesting to see what the response is to this, considering just how quickly the league could be getting back to the union on this. So now here's the question for Doug Glanville, who was on Golick and Wingo this morning. 6 to 10, Monday through Friday here on 98.7 ESPN. And Doug was asked, are you optimistic that with all this back and forth and money and stuff like that, that we'll have baseball this year? I've been optimistic. Uh, you know, you recognize the times we're in, what we're facing. And baseball has experienced 25 years of labor peace since 1994-95. And so if you can get it done in that environment, uh, when you look at the social implications of, of not getting it done at this point, it seems like they'd figure out a way to do that. It's it's a negotiation, and although publicly it comes off as a pure fight in the ring, uh, the reality is they all know what's at stake here. They understand the opportunity. They also understand uh, that certain things need to be put aside in their history. So it's going to be back and forth. And it's back and forth, and that's what it is now. We'll keep an eye on it here on 98.7 ESPN to let you know what's going on. Finally, also on the Michael K. Show today was Greg Ciano returning back to Rutgers. And one of the things that was so good when he was there, I had a chance to cover him. I was doing some freelance work for News 12 New Jersey when he was here the first time, was his ability to reach his players, to to have a really great relationship with them. So it's no surprise that he, in talking to his players, really got them to open up 
to what's happening in their point of view. Here's what Greg had to say. I listened a lot, to be honest with you guys. I just listened, and I told them initially, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you have to live through this. I'm sorry that you, this is all going on. There's absolutely no place for it. And then I listened. And, and the fear and the anger, and the, you know, the one that bothers me the most is, is when guys start to feel hopeless. Because mm-hmm. I think that's a that's an awful awful way to feel, and and it leads to bad things. Because you know when you're hopeless, you start to do things that aren't necessarily in your character. And I don't want any of our players ever to feel that way. So we, we worked hard to communicate through that. And again, uh, I've only had the chance to be with this team for about six seven months, but really some special young men and some guys I thought really did a good job of of speaking how they felt and also helping others kind of communicate how they were doing story you might be seeing that's the top story tomorrow more information on the nba and the playoff possibility sources tell world's 22 teams beginning july 31st ending with game seven the latest october 12th what does that mean for the regular season of 2120 or 2021 or 2122 what does that mean hmm it's ESPN New York tonight here on 98.7. Head back to the phones at 1-800-919-3776. Chris is in Manhattan. Hi, Chris. You're next on 98.7. Hey, Barry. How you feel? I'm doing good, Chris. What's going on? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this, probably, this may be the worst call that you ever get from me because um, this ain't good, man. And that, that that's an understatement. Now, first thing, I'd, I'd like to shout out uh, Buddha. Because, my man, I am right with you on this Dabo Sweeney thing. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I really would have liked someone to, while, while, he was, while he was saying whatever he was saying, mm-hmm. I still don't know what he really said, I would have liked someone to, to, to that really asked him some hard questions or for someone to have played back his stance on Colin Kaepernick. Um, because I mean, he's, he's not the only one who owes that man an apology. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, I mean, you, you know, thinking of timelines, it wasn't that long ago that the idea was put out, uh, that, and I'm not, uh, you'll, you'll educate me on who actually put this idea out about, uh, the NFL hiring, uh, minorities and basically, you know, getting, you know, a prize for it. Mm. That that wasn't too long ago, was it? No, about a month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that, about that, a month. that that was that that was just just a minute ago almost. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it you is. know, so I mean when you know, sometimes it it really is, has my mind spinning, you know, so I mean again, I'm going to apologize for this call um you know, but there there are a few names that also come to mind, you know, um Especially when you know when when it comes to you know policing African American men, specifically in my case, uh, minorities, um, and then I would have to go to uh, police corruption. And I think I, I think Trey and I talked about this. The one name that I I wish, not that I necessarily need to hear from him, but it would be interesting to know what Frank Serpico's thoughts are right about now. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and that's one name that just, that just kept popping up, you know, because mm-hmm. it's going to give you an idea of how long this has been going on. 
then I think I sent you a, a video uh, for anybody who you know who's not familiar with the video. Uh, go on to YouTube and uh, just check out Tupac talking about food, and it's and mm. yeah, I, I sent that to you. I mean, and I'm yep. daring somebody to play that on their radio show because it's going to speak to the mindset that some people are in right now. Yeah. Yep. Okay. You know, I mean, and uh, this is this is what happens, you know, when you do not hear people, you know, when they're talking to you. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Now, now, now the volume's gotten a little louder. Now you're not even hearing my screams. Yeah. Okay. Now, Crazy. now it, it's time for, it's almost like it's time for me to stop talking and it's time for me to put up, put up two ball fists. And, it, and it's interesting because that's when now the other side, we need to come together. Mm-hmm. What? And again, you know, it's not, you know, it's not advocating any of the looting or the violent, you know, uh, unnecessary violence that that's going on. But I'm telling you, when you start pushing, you're not even pushing people up against the wall. You're pushing them through the wall. Yeah. It's you true. know, and the thing is, is if you put yourself in that position, you know, you you know, you push people too far on, you know, unfortunately. Um, and it's going to I mean, it, 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 you know, and the thing is, you know, how do you how do you legislate people's hearts and their minds? You know, it's hard to and, do. You can't do it. You you really can't. You just the only thing you can hope for, Chris, is that um, there's enough people who can have the conversation with people that they know uh, to say, you know what? I know this has happened. I know how you feel. I know about that, but come on now. Look at this. <laughs> there's a, there's a line in the sand that you have to be able to cross. Mm. And this is it, my friend. This is the line. This is the line in the sand where you have to say, you know what? This is it. I can't, I'm not moving back no more. I'm well, not moving back. This is it. We need to change it. This has to stop. Well, part, you know, I think part of it is is that, you know, as a country, when you swept so much of this underneath the rug, that the rug now looks like a stamp. I'm trying to figure out what you what do you what do you kind of ex- are expecting people to do, you know, and you still have, you know, thousands and thousands of people, you know, who, you know, are who are peacefully protesting. But at the same, you know, at the same time, tell me we haven't been here before. Yeah. This is not new. Nope. You know, and for some people, you know, I mean, I'm I'm of a little bit of age, you know, in two weeks, I'll be 52. Okay. This is not new to me. Mm -mm. This is a rerun. You know, so to a certain extent, you know, again, you know, when we start talking about, you know, you know, where, you know, where do we go from here? You're gonna really have to dig down into the roots, you know, of America. Mm-hmm. You really are, and and really, you know, really get to to some, just you know, go go to some really uncomfortable and ugly places, and really have not only just some productive conversation, but you're gonna need to have some real action after that. Yeah, it's true, and it's gonna have to come from. It's gonna have to come from. All sides. Yeah, exactly. All right, Chris. Uh, again, look, I, I'm sorry about the call. You know, again, this is probably one of the worst calls that you'll get from me. But, man, this is no, no, this, this 
and again, you know, when you start saying, you know, this is this is this is just this is just the latest. Yeah. I mean, we haven't brought up Amadou Diallo, have we? No, no, we haven't. You can you can you can actually you can actually go and talk to Abner Abner Louima. Mm-hmm. And right. and again, it's getting and it, and it's not getting. It's been like it's almost like looking at the end of a movie and seeing, you know, and it's not just the cash you see in I mean the list of victims, man, is just it's just way too long. It's just way too long. It is. It's it's crazy, Chris. Thanks for the phone call. It's it's not even an alternate. It's not even the movies that have the alternative ending, right? The ending just seems to continue. It's it's just it's just so frustrating. It's really really frustrating. Doug's in Long Island. Hey, Doug, you're next on ninety-eight seven. Hey, Larry, how are you, buddy? Hanging in, Doug. How are you, my friend? Ugh, you know, I just. State of this world is disgusting right now, Larry. I talked to you last week. It's and I, you know, as Trey said, we need Swift. They got to be Swift on this. They have to come down on him. I told you that man was no longer need to be restrained. He was not a harm to anyone. Mm-hmm. He deserves everything he gets and then some. Mm-hmm. The three officers that were with him, they took a vow to serve and protect. They were, they were supposed to protect that person because that person is a human being who is being endangered. They, they are at fault as also as well. That has to, has to be addressed in that way. And I also, you know, we talked last week, Larry, the system, there now has to be accessories. They were accessories, those people. They have to yeah. change that, and they have to let that know, and every officer everywhere needs to know going forward. You can't. That is just unacceptable, and that has to have a harsher crime. Mm-hmm. You're right. The protest I agree with you a thousand percent. Larry, we've talked. We've gotten things in our history to protesting. You do it the right way. This other stuff, Larry, is no good. This, this, what's going on in the city right now, that is not protesting. Those are opportunists. It's disgusting. And more innocent people are getting hurt because of this. And it, um, Larry, I, raising kids... I raised my son the way I was raised to respect everybody, no matter their gender, no matter their race, their religion. That's the way I was raised. That's the way I raised my son. That's the way I'm raising my daughter. That's how I associate with people, the same way. I do not accept that. I do not stop and not tell somebody. As a person, that's all I can control. And I wish going forward that everyone else, that's the stance you take how you raise your children. This has got to be taken from the bottom up. We've got to start somewhere. Like, this can't keep going on. I, you know, at the hospital, what I just saw we went through, we're finally down to, like, two COVID patients in the whole hospital, and then this whole thing now. And it's like, Larry, enough is enough. We need to address things. Yep. And I hope going forward that people can live and learn. We're all one. I depend on people, everybody. It don't matter their race, it don't matter their religion, whether they're a woman or a man, whatever gender. We rely on each other. And that has to be the way we go forward, Larry. It's, I just, this is just, you know, we're supposed to be the greatest country in the world. We're supposed to be the smartest country in the world. There has to be a way. People have to step in and restructure it and do it the right way, Larry. You're right, Doug. I agree. My friends, stay safe. You too. Thanks, Doug. Thanks for the phone call. 1-800-919-3776. He's right. And it takes everybody. 
Chris mentioned it. All the calls have mentioned it. It takes everybody to make that change. It takes listening. It takes working together. It's not going to be easy, but it can happen. You're listening to the ESPN New York Tonight podcast with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> 